Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we're going to be going over a free throw percentage punt guide and talking about all the mistakes, how to do it properly, and also a little bit of a mock draft using this guide at the end. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And like we said off the top of the show, guys, we're going to go through the free throw percentage punt guide. Now, we're going to be starting this little mini-series going through a few specific categories and the best way to punt them, um, some of the pitfalls and mistakes I see people make, who are the players that benefit the most, and then also going through a little bit of a... Uh, a couple of different scenarios and how you might start your draft looking to use this um, strategy for your fantasy basketball drafts. Now, a few things at the top. If you haven't already, I would highly recommend if you are interested in punting before watching this video and then any other specific videos, you go and check out... Um, I can't remember which side it's going to go on, but check out the video where we talked about how to punt in general and some of the the rules and, and sort of things to be conscious of when just using punting as a strategy if you're new to punting. Um, go and check that video out for sure. It will give you a good base of knowledge to sort of get you in the right mindset for today's video. And probably also worthwhile checking out the um, rankings video that I did a couple of podcasts ago where we talked about What's the value in rankings and what do they actually mean? Do they actually mean anything um, and what they mean in Roto versus head-to-head? Because they will all, all these kind of videos at the moment, are they're all kind of creating a little bit of a, a base for us to kind of start to work into the start of the next fantasy basketball season before we start looking at more specific um, players and things like that. This kind of stuff is is the homework that we're doing to get ourselves ready, which I think is really, really valuable. But let's... um. Let's get stuck into it. We're talking about the free throw percentage, which is, you know, probably the the OG punt back in the day. It was DeAndre Jordan, um, Shaq, uh, Dwight Howard, all of these guys that were kind of like hacker Dwight, hacker Shaq kind of players that they couldn't hit free throws in the line, and it just absolutely murdered your free throw percentage. So the punt um, was probably first and most popular with this category. And it is still probably one of the most popular punts to this day. So let's talk about punting free throw percentage and its advantages. Now, of all of the categories to punt in, and again, this is probably going to apply mostly to, well, it will apply only to category leagues and mostly to head-to-head leagues, but there still can be some value when it comes to punting in roto leagues in certain scenarios. But when we talk about free throw percentage, 
It is by far the um, biggest category that provides the biggest negatives to players' values. Now, what I mean by that is a lot of the time you might get a player who hits zero threes per game, but they can't go into negatives. They can't hit minus two threes per game. So there is a limit in terms of how bad a player can be when it comes to hitting threes. For example, if you hit zero threes per game, you hit no threes, you have a Z score of minus 1.5. At least that's what it was last season. However, that is the limit, okay? But if you have a player like a Giannis, you had last season a Z score of negative 5.19. So it's over, what is that? Over three times as bad as someone who hits zero threes in the free throw percentage category compared to the three-pointer category. So it is by far the biggest negative of all the um, the categories. And, and both percentages usually are this way because of that reason that they can be negative in value. You, you're trying to aim for a certain... Um, I guess, average across your team. And if you have someone putting up a lot of free throws and doing it at a really poor rate, it is going to drag your entire team's percentage down. Whereas someone who doesn't hit threes doesn't actively take away from that category. They just don't contribute to it. I hope that makes sense. So for that reason, free throw percentage is by far the biggest negative. And for that reason, when you punt it from a value point of view, when we're talking about these rankings and Z scores, you increase the amount of value that you can get the most out of any category, which creates the biggest change on a draft board, on a rankings list, on a projections list. So for that reason, and that's probably the biggest reason that it is the most popular category to punt because it can seriously change a lot of these things on your draft board. But the next thing here is that the other positive is that free throw percentage is a very volatile category. Week to week, game to game, year to year even, it is a very volatile category. We've seen players completely fall off the cliff when it comes to uh, free throw percentage. Russell Westbrook used to be for many years a mid-80s percent in free throw percentage. CJ McCullum was a very reliable free throw percentage shooter. Anthony Davis was a really great free throw percentage shooter. All of these guys used to be positive contributors in this category and now are all considered quite bad negatives in this category. So when you punt this category, you just remove the risk of someone's value being completely tanked by them suddenly just becoming a bad free throw shooter or seeing a big drop in their free throw percentage going from really good to just average. You, you just put that risk you know, completely out of mind because you're no longer valuing or caring about that when you're considering your players. So um, that is another big advantage to using the free throw percentage as your punt. You just reduce that risk overall because it is, like we sort of said, we've named a few big names there. Um, players can just come out of nowhere and start putting up poor free throw percentage. And, and even if you brought down to a week, you can have a week where um, players miss from the line. You know, Steph Curry shoots 90%, but in any given game, he could go 67, 70% from the line. Um, it only takes a couple of missed free throws for that to happen. So these kind of things can definitely happen. And then it also, the last point I've got here is that it pairs well with other categories. So a lot of the times when we talked about in the previous punting video, you want to, if you're going to go for multi-category punts, you want to choose categories that align well, that correlate together. And we see historically year after year, there are lots of categories that pair well with free throws. Something like your threes, um, assists, points, all of these things typically um, 
you see a correlation when someone is bad at free throw percentage, they often are also bad at threes. Um, and so by punting those categories, you might see those players in particular get a massive, massive boost. And uh, we'll explain that uh, later on in the podcast today. But those are the advantages. What about some disadvantages? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So there are some disadvantages because it is the most popular punting strategy of the last sort of several years. Um, it is the most obvious and there are also a lot of players, especially in the first round, which it is very... Um, telegraphed that you're going with that strategy. So if you draft a Giannis in the first round, it's a pretty obvious sign that you're leaning into a punt free throw percentage category. Now, this is not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but what it does mean is sometimes if people know that you're punting a free throw percentage, they know that you might be valuing certain players higher than the rest of the group. So they might be in a position to maybe snipe your players knowing that you're going to be targeting them and they're not going to get back around to them. So... That is sometimes, not often, but sometimes a downside and sometimes something that can bite you in the ass when it comes to draft day. It also might mean that people, in terms of trade discussions, maybe try to sell you a guy at a slightly higher price because they know that you value them really, really highly um, because you're obviously punting free throw percentage. So if you're trying to trade... Uh, and get a Nicholas Claxton off someone, and and in their build, he's like a top 40 player, but in your build, he's a top 10 player. They're going to try and get the most out of you because they know that you value him more than they do, and so the trades might kind of be a little bit harder to execute from that point of view because it is quite obvious in terms of what you're doing. Um, These next two points kind of go in together because I think it is an easy category to stuff up because of the dramatic changes in value. And when we go onto a Basketball Monster website, we talked about this in the last podcast, and we see those huge spike and a lot of those big guys, we often can overvalue players because of their quote-unquote punt ranking. Um, And I think this leads to mistakes when it comes to drafting and mistakes when it comes to drafting a balanced team especially and being so dominant in a few categories and not being strong enough in those last two to three categories that are the real difference makers to you having a good season. So I think it is an easy one to stuff up despite how popular and how long it's been around for. And then the last one here is accidentally punting multiple categories. So remember we talked about the four category punt, the big man and the guard punt. Um, It can be very easy when you're doing free throw percentage to, you know, you draft Giannis, the urge is to go, okay, I'm already punting threes. I'm already punting free throw percentage. Giannis also nearly turns the ball over four times. I can punt turnovers. Like, okay, it's, it can be very easy. And if you follow that up with another big man who doesn't shoot threes, it's very hard to come back in multiple of those categories. So it can be very easy without you even intending for you to find yourself doing a multi-category punt. And if you are not as on top of that or aware of that, it can be very difficult to... Um, come back and make sure that you're not playing it too risky going into your season. So just something to keep in mind. So I'm going to look at the next little part here. We're going to look at the the top 25 
players, okay, based on nine category rankings of last season. And we're just going to have a look at who in that top 25 had the free throw percentage as their worst category. And um, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm going to be doing this over the next couple of um, episodes just to make sure that we, or just to have a look at and see, okay, well, of these players, when we look at the top 25, which category of these next four videos is does the punting most apply to is, which is the most common strategy that we're going to see for all of these players. So if we look at the free throw percentage, for example, in the top 25, three players had free throw percentage as their worst category. And that was Luka Doncic, Nicholas Claxton, and LeBron James. Now you might be asking, where the hell is Giannis? Now, obviously in nine category, he wasn't in the top 25, but if we throw him in there, because he will be drafted there, that that leads us to four players inside the top 25. So, you know, 25 divided by nine categories. Again, let's divide it by eight categories because I'm not really counting turnovers in this in this exercise. Um, what's that? Six. So, yeah, it, it's a slightly above average in terms of the, the that being the worst category for a lot of people. So, in the first few rounds, there you will find some decent value and some decent players that will help be boosted by this um, this list. But in my experience, the biggest boost to players comes later in the draft. And this is where a lot of the times when we talk about um, going too heavy at one type of player... A lot of the times I'll see people in years past, they'll draft a Giannis and then follow it up with a Rudy Gobert. A lot of the times I think that you should wait to get those classic big man guys later in the draft because they often don't finish inside the top 25 or inside the top 40 of non-category rankings, but they will in your punt free throw percentage build. So in my opinion, you're better off still going for those players who are quote-unquote top 25 or top 30, top 40 guys in everyone's boards and then hunting a lot of the big value changes later in the draft. Get your Stephen Adams, get your... um, I'm going to talk about a few of these guys, Mitchell Robinsons and those kind of types later because they're going to be boosted a lot. Um, And... Don't worry about missing, you know, players like a Nicholas Claxton or players like, you know, um, in years past, a Rudy Gobert because in terms of the value added, I think that there's minimal of those guys earlier in the draft, but there's plenty later in the draft. So with that being said, let's go into the next little bit here, which we're going to talk about the top 10 players who are boosted by punting free throw percentage. So you could say that these are the worst free throw percentage guys in the league. Um, Very closely linked. But number one, obviously, was Giannis. And we talked about him before. He had the worst Z score out of any player last season, and it was his free throw percentage. Like we said at the top, negative Z score of negative 5.19. And the next closest was Stephen Adams, who was negative 3.65. These two were by far and away the worst categories of any player in fantasy last year. And it's not even really close. Um, Giannis had, he shot 64.5% from the free throw line, but he did it on 12 and a half attempts. And this is the really, really, really important thing for everyone who's new to punting to really understand. You can have someone like a Steven Adams who shot 36%, but he only did it on three attempts versus Giannis shooting nearly twice as well, but he did it on 12 attempts per game. The attempts in this scenario is extremely important to understand because if you have a team and on the week they shoot, uh, I'm 
don't know if this number is accurate, but they shoot 60 free throws and you have a guy who shoots three a game. So in that game, in that week, he plays nine games. So he shot nine. He's shooting 36%. So let's say he misses six and makes three versus a Giannis who plays three games. He shoots 12. So that's 36 free throw attempts and he makes just over half of that. So say he makes 20 of that. You've missed 16 free throws versus missing six free throws. So in your total team's uh, attempts versus and makes, that's a much bigger hit than the player who's shooting a worse percentage but not going to the line quite as much or nearly as much. So if you're new to punting, especially in the percentages, that is extremely important to understand to make sure that you're wrapping your head around. If a player is a poor free throw percentage but they don't get to the free throw line very much, then it is not as big of a hit and easier to come back from but a player like a Giannis and like a Zion Williamson, who we'll talk about in a second, these guys get to the free throw line a lot. And even if they're just slightly below average, it can be a big hit. Um, so the next few guys, number three here, Nicholas Claxton, four, Aaron Gordon, five, Luka Doncic. So again, similar kind of type of player. He did shoot 74%, but he did it on 10 and a half attempts. So Again, you're having a high volume. 74% doesn't seem too bad, but when you're shooting that many a game, it um, it does make a big difference. And the thing is, if Luca, and this is also sometimes what we see from a lot of people, if Luca shot 80% from the free throw line, that would actually turn into a quite a, a big positive. So it has the the potential to flip. And so a lot of people don't want to punt free throw percentage with that in mind with a Luca. And like we said, on a week-to-week basis, Luca could either really help you or he could really, really hurt you from the free throw line. So we talked about soft punting in the last video. We can look at that maybe with someone like a Luca. But again, that volatility, if you want to punt the category and just forget about it, not have to stress too much about it, it is still a really good strategy because on the season, he was the fifth um, worst guy when it came to affecting your free throw percentage. Uh, Rudy Gobert was number six, seven, Zion Williamson. Again, huge volume from him, worse percentage than someone like a Luca. Um, and then you had Mitchell Robinson, Walker Kessler, and Jakob Pertl. So if we have a look at that list there, six of them are centers, three of them are forwards, and only one of them was a guard in Luka Doncic. So you can already start to see the pitfalls and the potential um, traps that you could fall into if you're trying to do this category. You look at this list and all those guys, those six centers are boosted and you get a much better value compared to everyone else in the league with those centers. So it can be easy to fall into the trap of, hey, I'm just going to draft all these centers because in my build, and if I go over to Basketball Monster they um, and I put the punt free throw percentage on, they're all sort of top 20 players, um, which is awesome. I've got this team full of top 20 players. That's great. But what I don't have is I don't have assists. I don't have steals. I don't have good scoring. Um, I'm amazing in field goal percentage. I'm amazing in blocks and I'm amazing in turnovers. But what, what does that actually get me a win on a head-to-head league uh, week-to-week? No, it will probably lead to me losing matchups because um, I'm only winning three or four categories, I'm smashing them, I'm dominating those categories, but the other categories, I, I can't quite seem to get that fifth or sixth uh, win in in my build because um, because it's just not it's not the way that fantasy basketball, especially head-to-head leagues, are won. So keep that in mind, and with that in mind, we're going to go into 
the biggest mistakes when it comes to the um, the free throw percentage punt build. I'm just going to... I don't know why that's not, not big enough there. We'll drag that across. Uh, the biggest mistakes when it comes to punting free throw percentage guarding is the first one. And the biggest and most common thing I see is overdrafting bigs. Overdrafting bigs because, again, you can do this little exercise for yourself. If we go over to basketballmonster.com uh, and we punt the free throw percentage and I look at... Actually, let's, let's do this. Let's do this together. This is a good visual way to go through it. Um... Where are we? I think this is the one here. Yeah, so if we're over here on basketballmonster.com and I'm punting free throw percentage, let's leave the turnovers on for now. Actually, Basketball Monster just kicked me off. Um, okay, so this is last year's stats. So if I go on here, I look and I see Nicholas Claxton, number five. Whew, that's amazing. We can get him in round three, potentially, and get a top 10 player. Cool, we'll do that. Um, Giannis is there at number 10. So say I've got, I've gone Giannis, then I've gone Nicholas Claxton. Maybe I'll get Sabonis. He's, he's a, a guy that benefits in this in this category as well, 74%. Okay, so now I've got a forward and two center eligible players. The next player that I see really good here um, in this build, maybe a Mitchell Robinson. Should I grab him a few rounds early? Rudy Gobert, I can get him at a lot of good value. He might fall to me outside top 50, top 60. I can maybe get a Clint Capella who's really good. He's going to fall to me at the end of end of drafts as well. There's um there's lots of different guys. Zion Williamson, Walker Kessler. All these guys here are ranked so much higher than where they would typically be drafted, it can feel like a lot of value. It can feel like you're getting this amazing, great pick in your draft. But when at the end of the draft, you look back and you go, hold on, I've got six centers and my field goal percentage is, you know, at 60% through the average of my team. I'm averaging five blocks a game. I don't know if that's actually, sorry, not five blocks a game, but between all these guys, I'm, I'm dominating blocks then how much is that actually worthwhile? And I think one of the questions I heard from one of the guys when I was talking about this is, well, how do you know when enough is enough? Now, we've got to balance, um, we've got to balance making sure that we have enough of a, if I bring it back to the screen here, if we have enough insulation because what if one of our players goes down? It is okay to have that insulation, but there is a point where it's overkill and you still want to have a balanced team. So you want to feel pretty comfortable in blocks, but you don't necessarily have to go out and be the best team in blocks. Like that isn't necessarily your goal. You, you want to be the you, towards the top in maybe six categories, maybe seven categories, um, because it's very hard to week in, week out, and count on winning four, sorry, five or six categories because that you know, it just takes one week. Maybe someone has an out-of-the-box score and, and then that topples you for that week. Um, you don't leave yourself too much room for, for error. So you don't necessarily have to be the very best at a certain category. You just need to be towards the top. And if you draft someone like uh, a Claxton and then later in the draft you get someone like a Rudy Gobert, like that might be enough for you just to sit on and just to be, um, I'm towards the top. I don't know if I'm the very best, but I'm towards the top. I know that I'm going to be extremely competitive week in, week out. And if one of those guys go down, um, you know, maybe I can stream something like that in. I'm still going to have some other guys that maybe block some shots, but that maybe not, maybe not all of their value is tied into the fact that they block shots. So, I still think that that is okay to do Um, and just be making sure you're monitoring, okay, which are the categories that I'm good in, which are the ones that I'm elite in 
and just monitor that way. If if you really wanted to, you can go and use something like Basketball Monsters Draft Tracker. I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but if you're not using that, you can still get a, a, a decent gauge on, okay, where am I at least really competitive in? And just keep building on those categories rather than I've got to be the very best in blocks. I've got to be the very best in field goal percentage. I don't think that that is necessary when you're doing a punt strategy like this because it leaves you little room for the other categories to um, you know, slide a little bit. The next one here in terms of biggest mistakes is trying to be bad at free throw percentage. Now, this kind of ties into the second one. You don't need to go out and get every player who was a bad free throw percentage because their value is boosted in your build. Um, similarly, if someone like improves their free throw percentage, it's not a bad thing. Like They're scoring more points now because they're hitting more free throws. So you can go in and again... If, um, say, for example, something random happens and and Jimmy Butler falls to you because everyone's worried about his injury history or something like that, um, if you're punting free throw percentage, he's still a really valuable player. Now, he's one of the better free throw percentage guys in terms of his value, but he gives me some good points, some good rebounds, assists, steals. He's an excellent field goal percentage guy, low turnovers. There's a lot of other great things that he does, and his value isn't entirely made up in free throw percentage. So don't lock yourself away from those guys that even though they provide good value in free throw percentage, if they fall for whatever reason, you don't have to pass on them because they're good free throw percentage, guys. You can still snatch them up and get a player who complements you in other areas that you might need. And um, then the last thing here is punting too many categories. So like we sort of, it all kind of ties into the same kind of thing with overdrafting bigs. If you punt free throw percentage, there is that temptation to go, okay, well, I'm going to punt um, threes as well, and I'm going to draft uh, a Rudy Gobert or a Nicholas Claxton really early. But if you do that, they're not scoring very much compared to the other guys going around them. So now you might accidentally be punting threes as well, sorry, threes and points. And then also you're down pretty low in assists where all these other guards are going. So now you're punting threes, points, assists, and free throw percentage when you didn't really go into that planning for that. And I don't mind, again, we talked about the four-category punts. It is a strategy, but if you're not prepared or planning for it, it can be something that can really paint you and, and sort of put you in a bit of a corner without you wanting to. So just be careful of punting too many categories by accident. All right, the next little thing here we're going to do is we're going to go through a little bit of an exercise just to wrap up this show here. And um, and go through a bit of a mock draft scenario. So if I, again, if I go back into this screen here, and we go over to Basketball Monster, and we talk about if we talk about the league, if we sort by league value. So this will give us a again it keeps kicking me out. Short shelf life. Um, if we talk about league value, now I'm going to go in and I'm, we're doing a punt free throws. Okay. Now, I can sort it through here by my punt value, but I can also sort it through here by league value. So this will give me a good understanding of kind of just in general, like it's quite early, but just in general of who's going where. Now, in this build, someone like Luka Doncic is a little bit further back, but we know he's probably going to go a bit earlier. So let's say, for example, I get at pick whatever, doesn't really matter, I'm going to get a Luka Doncic. Now, if I'm going to punt free throw percentage... What I might look on the way back, if we go back to the league value, is I might have a few different options. I might have someone like a Nicholas Claxton available to me, who in league value, he's about the 24th ranked player. 
So he might be there. I might have one, someone like an Anthony Edwards who might be there. He's going into that, that second round. People are expecting a bit of a, a breakout. Or you might have someone like a DeMontis Sabonis. So I guess, what am I looking to do here? Now, if I went and do and clicked my, my punt free throws and I look at that punt value, the obvious answer when you look at that is go, okay, Nicholas Claxton, he's the highest ranked guy available when I'm doing that punt build. I should just pick him, right? However... If I pick Nicholas Claxton, again, he's only scoring 12.6 points. He's only averaging, he's not shooting any threes per game. You know, there's a few question marks about, you know, is he going to be staying on this team? Is he going to be traded? 2.5 blocks is a lot to sort of hold. And if that doesn't drop, if that drops a little bit, then he's going to lose some points there. So I could go with a Stamonte Sabonis. It does help me with my assists. I've got Luka Doncic. I've got a really good, base in assists. I've got a good base in points. Maybe though I want to be competitive in three-pointers. So if I did that, someone like an Anthony Edwards could be a good way to go and I can lock in my points here because in the next round, if again we fast forward to round three, there might be someone like potentially a Walker Kessler available. Again, uh, where would he be here? Not 100% sure where he finished last year. No, it was pretty high at the end of the season. Now, this is down a little bit further, but in my punt rank, he's 33rd. Um, he'd probably be higher than that because this is taking into account his 23 minutes, but he might be sort of someone like a top 20, top 15 player in my build because he only shot 51% from the free throw line, but he gives me those blocks. So by missing out on Nicholas Claxton in the second round, I can now get a similar type player and I managed to get either that Sabonis to help me with the assists or an Anthony Edwards to help me with those points. And I can get maybe, you know, and again, I'm using these names as kind of placeholders at this stage. Maybe it's not as good as the guy I wanted in number two, but he still gives me a similar type of help. So I can get a Walker Kessler now. Or I can maybe look at someone like a, you know, for whatever reason, maybe a Kawhi Leonard has dropped because people are worried about his injury. And again, even in my punt build, Kawhi Leonard, he's not a bad free throw percentage shooter. He shoots 87%, but he's still a He's 16th in rankings from last year per game. He gives me great points, gives me great threes, steals, assists. I might be looking to grab him. And then in the next round, if I'm lucky, maybe an Evan Mobley might still be there. Maybe someone like a Rudy Rudy Gobert is available later in the draft. Um, Just those kind of conversations and those kind of questions you want to be talking to yourself there, making sure you're all good with certain categories um, and not relying on just getting those guys that are typically seen as the best free throw percentage guys. Come to the fourth round, I've started with, let's say I've gone with that that way and I've gone Kawhi Leonard, I've got a Sabonis, and I've got a Luka Doncic. Well, I'm looking pretty strong in assists. I'm looking pretty strong in points. My field goal percentage is not bad at all, so I'm looking really nice there, but my blocks are right down now. So now I'm trying to look at maybe getting that guy and maybe someone like a Chet Hongren might be there. Maybe someone like um, an Evan Mobley, who's ranked 44th at the moment on Yahoo, is there. I can grab him. Maybe I can get him and a Rudy Gobert in back-to-back rounds boosting that that block number up. Um, and of course, I don't really care about their free throw percentage. I can target someone like a Mitchell Robinson or a Mark Williams later in the draft. They can get those single categories and change them quite dramatically. They can be found later in the draft. But in this way, 
I, I couldn't have found the, the points or assists that Sabonis and uh, Kawhi and Luca provided me earlier in the draft. So those are certain things that you can have a look at when drafting in this build. If we did it another way, let's say we were starting with a, a Giannis. So we started with a Giannis here. Now I'm really, really strong in points. I'm really, really strong in rebounds. My field goal percentage is amazing. So instead of maybe getting a Sabonis in the second round, because I'm already strong in my rebounds, I'm already strong in my field goal percentage, maybe I want to go with someone like that Anthony Edwards that we talked about earlier and just consider getting more points, boosting my threes back up. Maybe I want to be competitive in that category. I need to get those steals up because Giannis's steals were pretty poor last season. Um, you know, I can take a hit to my field goal percentage because Giannis carries me a little bit more in that type of scenario. Maybe now I'm looking more towards a punt free throw percentage and turnover build because, okay, I've got 3.3 here. I've got 3.9 there. So in the next round, if I need to continue to build up my points and my threes, I might look at someone like a LeBron James. Maybe he's there. He's going to score more and, and give me some more assists and threes instead of going for someone like a Walker Kessler or a Claxton or someone like that. So, Or maybe I could just look to punt those threes altogether and just lock away in maybe a Sabonis. Maybe I can get a Zion Williamson later and I'm punting threes and free throw percentage now, but I'm still looking up those points. I'm still getting those assists earlier in the draft and I can hunt for my my blocks later and those type of things. But it is really important to remember that there, if you draft off a rankings list, if you draft off something that is predictable and um, I guess just very methodically going through who's the best ranked player, you are going to lose your fantasy basketball uh, matchups. There's, there's no way around it. There's a lot more nuance to, to draft and these sort of guys not only do you have to look at your team in a head-to-head lineups, especially you're looking at other players and other teams in your league and seeing, okay, would I beat this team in blocks? Would I beat this team in rebounds? Would I beat this team in field goal percentage? Uh, am I going to smash that team? Is, is it is it a waste for me going for someone like a Zion when my field goal percentage is already averaging at 57%? Okay, there's no point in me that, that value was wasted on me. Maybe I need to find someone who gets some more steals or gets some more assists than, than he does and, um, and look at it that way. So keep that all in mind. Next up, we're going to be going through the field goal percentage, which we'll do in tomorrow's video. If you have any questions or anything like that, guys, make sure you drop them down in the comment section below. If you enjoy this type of content, please give this video a big thumbs up and consider subscribing. If you can as well, go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. And until next time, guys, catch us later. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.